0: Hey everybody, this is Owen Good, along with Adam Keskis, welcoming you back to the Founders Forge podcast. Today, Michael Constantini has entered the Forge to talk about his entrepreneurial journey founding This Is Opportunity.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys.
0: Yeah, welcome, Michael. Good to have you on. Yeah, thanks for joining us. All right. So, Michael, here at the here at the Forge, we like to start with people's childhoods. Uh, we kind of go back and see if there's any themes of entrepreneurship and uh, learn learn where they came from Uh, that's how we figure out where we're going as we start from where we've been so uh yeah tell us a little about a bit about yourself where you grew up you know did you do anything entrepreneurial as a kid just give us the spiel
1: so i grew up mainly in bucks county pennsylvania it's the suburbs right outside of philadelphia no lemonade stands uh necessarily back in the day but My dad did uh, start his own construction business, so might have been some inspiration there. He usually brought me along to the different sites, got my hands dirty a little bit, could kind of see the back end of of what it means there. No real initiatives myself. Um, My brother also started his own construction business, so might be in our blood, so to speak. Builders. Yes, yeah. So I kind of deviated from that a little bit. Yeah, spent my whole life in PA pretty much. I went to Penn State for college, graduated in 2016. Right when I graduated, I moved to Chicago, so spent a couple years out there, which was really great.
0: Were you a good student in school?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think you could say so. Came out of high school with 4.0 and did did decent in uh, Penn State as well. So tried to be pretty scholarly, never really had... Too many aspirations to start a business or anything. Sure,
0: sure. What did you uh, get a degree in? Uh,
1: my background's in marketing, and I okay. majored in uh, international business.
0: Okay. Okay. So you moved to Chicago. You graduate. Uh, what next?
1: So I went to Chicago to work for Aramark. Uh, they okay. have like a, a management training program, um, but also. Chicago's unique for their, um, Chicago public schools account. They actually had a marketing department and not many accounts do within Airmark for whatever reason. So that's kind of what drew me there knowing that I could potentially like get into that. Um, yeah, spent about two years there, eventually took on a marketing manager role, which was really great. I became really involved and engaged with the school district. So I got to do a lot of sampling events and food fairs with the students, uh, which was really cool. So had me traveling all around the city and I uh, I got to really fall in love with Chicago and to get to know it on a intimate level. So that was a really great experience.
0: So uh, how did that go into This Is Opportunity?
1: So after about two years with Aramark, my experiences started to plateau a little bit. I wasn't necessarily getting new responsibilities and getting a lot of like exciting, I guess, new tasks for growth or anything. So I started to look in the job market to see what else was out there. Quickly realized that the only way to go about finding a job was through LinkedIn, like who you know, or by having a really competitive resume. So for me, that kind of set off a red flag in a way. I realized that people who might not be as fortunate to have a competitive resume or to have a really solid referral network, it really didn't click for me how they could possibly find a job or at least yeah, it's their careers. Yeah. So I started just kind of taking that idea and doing more research and started to volunteer uh, as a job coach in a homeless shelter. And then, that's sort of really where the idea took off.
0: What was that experience like?
1: It was interesting. I, uh, I had no experience in that role before, and there was no vetting process in place. They kind of just put me in a room with 10 individuals who relied on me to help them find a job. Um, so instantly just applied my approach to how I could help them. And quickly learned that it doesn't translate well. We all might lean on our network or our past work experiences and maybe assets like our degree. But when you don't have those things, where do you turn in a sense? So quickly realized my job might be harder than I thought.
2: Yeah, no, no kidding. That's, that's an interesting environment to be doing it in because it really highlights the other level that happens, right? Cause you're talking about if you don't have that competitive resume, like LinkedIn is hard because again, networking and resumes. And then for the, the people who have an experience, have experiences at work and everything like that, they're, they're fine. They just like, I'm, the, I'm kind of that way, right? Like I'm a, a very experienced software developer and program manager and everything like that. But me finding a job is hard. But the instant I meet somebody, yeah, then I, then I can relate everybody. everybody. Um, but then when you get to the homeless, and, and I've worked with the homeless before in various capacities, it's like, yeah, that's a different realm altogether. So, I mean, kudos to you for doing that, number one, and then kudos yeah. to you for recognizing, you know, it showed, showed
1: you a different perspective, really. Right. I mean, to try to apply my approach to theirs was, was very naive in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I really just had to get to know them on a more personal level if we couldn't kind of go after the low-hanging fruit of, okay, we'll use your resume and who do you know and what jobs have you held in the past, then we really had to dig a little deeper um, and just figure out kind of what value they could have and how do they communicate that to an employer. So quickly realized that it's extremely difficult taking that traditional approach or translating that value onto a traditional resume. So tried to find templates, tried to get them familiar with Word and things like that, and establishing some baseline of, of digital literacy. And it, I mean, it varied across each individual. Some had more experience with computers and resume writing than others. But if yeah. anything, it, it just really made me realize that this could be done differently.
0: Yeah, so, so yeah, you identified a problem, and you tried to solve that problem via existing solutions, wasn't working, You decided to create your own solution. So right. your, uh, your description that, that you gave us for this is opportunity is breaking down barriers to employment. So what was the, the genesis like, the creation moment?
1: So I essentially was looking at LinkedIn and trying to get these individuals to create a profile and to use some of the functionality And there was really no progress being made. They would humor me and create the profile, but it wasn't being utilized in any way. So LinkedIn's an extremely effective tool for gaining employment. So it dawned on me that maybe we could create a similar tool where you can establish a professional network digitally but one that's catered to individuals who might be in a similar situation, who might not be able to rely on their resume, might not have robust kind of work experience and a strong referral network in place already. Essentially, I realized that we could maybe create something for individuals who could be deemed disadvantaged or who might've been discouraged in the job market.
0: Gotcha. So what is it, how's it work?
1: So each user can create a profile And within that profile, you can list similar descriptors to LinkedIn, like your work experience, volunteer experience, education, a little background about your story. And then you can also host a video of yourself on that profile as well. So the biggest differentiator would be instead of representing yourself with your resume, we're allowing individuals to represent themselves through video. So it's a little more open so that they can capture their soft skills.
2: Yeah, that, that's fantastic because it, the, the hard part is getting the interview, right? Because they're, they're just looking at pieces of paper and they're just comparing you to thousands of others of pieces of paper. But if they can see you and get to know you even a little bit, you know, there's that intuition that a lot of people have like, oh, this guy might be good to work with or this guy might do the job really well or whatever the situation is. So, yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic opportunity there.
1: Right. Essentially... We identified the biggest barriers being the representation in the job market and also your referral network. So there's, there's a lot of different factors that contribute to both of those barriers. But being that the job market's so resume centric, that's kind of the first one that we really focused on. Like, how do we offer individuals to be able to represent themselves beyond that resume? That can be extremely limiting for a lot of people.
0: So anytime you're building a marketplace, you've got a chicken and and an egg problem, right? So you need to have people on one side and you have people on the other side. You have people selling, but you got to have people buying. So how did you go about convincing companies to actually work with you and pay attention to what you were doing, potential investors?
1: It's essentially going to the nonprofits and the programs that are already trying to make progress in this space, who have already encountered these problems and who've Try to get creative and establish connections with employers and who already have those relationships and also have the trust of those employers. So we're essentially just allowing them to utilize our platform and our services to improve their programming so that the outcomes for the individuals they serve can be improved. Um, So it's essentially like leveraging technology in a way when not a lot of that is being done in the nonprofit space. Um. So it it really helps more so approaching the organizations with what we're doing instead of trying to help kind of all of the individuals that makes up our audience.
0: Yeah. So they already have pipelines for getting people into jobs. They just need to be connected with this method of reaching people. That may, That's perfect. That absolutely. Makes right. sense. So how long have you been working on it?
1: So I founded this as Opportunity in 2018. It was quite the journey since then. I don't have a tech background. I kind of just enlisted in my network. One of my good friends is in tech, so he referred me to someone who built our MVP. And then we worked really well together, so I brought him on as a co-founder and we've been slowly building our our platform ever since.
0: Yeah, how's it going? Is it working?
1: (laughs) That's a a complicated (laughs) question. No, it, it's functional and it does serve a purpose as of right now. We're still very much evolving and collecting feedback along the way. Fortunately for us, we've been able to make some really great connections just at the local level in Philadelphia. Um, everyone's very open to what we've created and wants to help us create an even more effective tool um, so that they can really adopt it and can start making an impact with it. Um, so it's it's really evolving every day. But we did launch officially in August. So coming up on a year, we have a fair amount of profiles created, um, and then we're actually making a push for a really big update soon. So
2: nice. nice. I was gonna ask, going back to your your non-technical background and then bringing on this technical founder in that t- kind of duration between not having a technical founder, even even afterwards, what are you, what were your personal challenges with understanding the technology what needed to happen right like and then how did your technical founder help you out in understanding and, and clarifying these things for you
1: it requires a lot of trust and faith mm-hmm. <laughs> i think i was literally just using colored pencils to try to design uh certain screens and do the wire framing and everything and then just handing it over to him and hoping that he could essentially replicate what I had in my mind. But it also requires an understanding of, I might not know what's best as far as valuing the individual who's actually manifesting these ideas and everything and definitely considering their input along the way. I know startups are referred to like your baby a lot. So it can be pretty difficult to have a vision for something and then, when it's actually created for it to be different, to actually recognize that it could have been made better in that way.
2: <laughs> that's, that's an yeah. important step to go, get through, right? Once once you realize, so this is a common thing we have in these conversations. It's like, yes, you're the founder. Yes, you have the vision. Yes, you've got all these ideas, but are they the best ideas? The initial one is definitely the best idea, but how does it get implemented? And that's where you, like you said, you have to trust. And you know sometimes that trust, gets displaced but it sounds like you you got a good person to put your faith into and, and have them produce something good for you
1: yeah absolutely and I think that's just as far as my growth as a leader it's it's about kind of giving your team the ability to actually take on tasks and responsibilities on their own and to effectively contribute to your mission and your vision and to not kind of cling to it so tightly. Um, so that was pretty difficult in the beginning for sure. But I mean, we have a really great group of guys and we definitely wouldn't be here, uh, without all their contributions. It's been pretty great.
0: Yeah. So how big, how big is the team? So it's you and your technical co-founder. Do you have any other co-founders? Like
1: there's three co-founders total. Okay. So when I moved out to Chicago, a couple mutual friends introduced me to actually a guy who went to Penn State, who was in my class, but we had never met before uh, until moving to Chicago. And we were just good friends pretty much instantly. And then two years later, I approached him with the idea and uh, he loved it and came on board. And he's a super smart guy. So I I was more than happy that he was enthusiastic about pursuing this with me.
0: That's cool. So what's the, what are the greatest challenges that you're facing right now? What are your biggest barriers that you're trying to overcome?
1: I think initially being that this is my real first business, uh, it's pretty difficult to deal with like failure and rejection in a way. Obviously I think we have something really special and a great idea that has a lot of value. So always have a lot of high hopes going into any new potential partnership or relationship and just really facing that when it doesn't necessarily align with what you kind of had hoped was really difficult in the beginning. But I slowly realized that there's a lot going on behind the scenes for individuals that we might not necessarily realize and we might not be considering. So it's, it's just about having some more resilience, and some capacity to kind of keep focusing on your mission and not really worrying too much about each individual potential relationship along the way. So yeah, I think that was probably the biggest challenge initially. Now it's really just maintaining growth and just continuing to to get traction and to hold everyone accountable and to to understand that it's really important right now to keep up some momentum in a way, because having limited experience doing something like this, all of it is a growing process. Uh, So it's right. So it's, it's been really interesting kind of learning along the way and trying to just kind of be receptive to advice and mentorship and to continue growing.
2: Would you, have, just out of curiosity, would you have considered yourself pretty obstinate or stubborn beforehand? Or were you always open-minded? Or you know, like just an in- interesting interchange between before you were an entrepreneur and now that you are an entrepreneur?
1: It's definitely opened me up significantly in that way. Um,
2: it's humbling to a degree, right?
1: A hundred percent, yeah. And I think that even just having a little more capacity for like failure like i mentioned but not letting emotions get too involved and to not overthink things too much it's a good balance definitely before before i started this i pretty much overthought every scenario and tried to over plan as well but now i don't really have the time for it necessarily <laughs> um just kind of taking advantage of most opportunities that come my way and and try to just Enjoy the ride and not worry too much about the possibilities or the negative scenarios potentially. So yeah, I, I think it it builds a, a tougher outer shell in that way. But at the same time, I have become yeah more open minded.
2: I wasn't implying that you were stubborn or anything beforehand. I just did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I wouldn't have considered myself that way, but. This even just to a, a further degree forces you to to be a little more open minded, while still at the same time being confident, which is obviously extremely important.
0: Absolutely. What's your what's your growth strategy? Do you go to new geographic areas, or are you just is it all networking? Do you have a sales guy? Like, how are you growing? How are you bringing new people on?
1: Yeah, we really plan to just gain a foothold in Philadelphia. It's really the perfect place to start something like this, um, being that once we establish a, a solid user base and have been able to tweak and fine tune our services, we should really be able to kind of replicate everything geographically across um, larger cities. So it'll start within the tri-state, then the East Coast, then slowly kind of expand that way.
2: Texas needs your help. It does big state
0: it definitely does.
1: Certainly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really a problem that every market faces. No one's really immune to it. There's always that spectrum of individuals who are being successful and have no trouble in the job market, but then there's the, the other side of it. So that's really just what we're focusing on. So it becomes rewarding in that way when we can help people who feel a little hopeless or have been discouraged and I mean, finding a job, it really starts there as far as kind of being able to get back on your feet in general. So your other economic needs aren't necessarily being met until you kind of have that piece.
0: What would be your metric for success? What, what threshold will you pass that where you can say, all right, that's successful time for the next step.
1: It's, I mean, it's really all about job placements that at the end of the day, is our goal. Um, So we're really just building up to that. We've had some along the way, but we're really trying to just kind of perfect the system to be able to do that really effectively, before we start rolling it out. So how do we make a relationship with a nonprofit, and then make it as easy as possible for them to put the individuals that they're supporting in the best place for success? Within all of that, uh, there's a lot of complexity and nuance, Um, each individual has their own needs, as well as the nonprofits have different resources at their disposal and different relationships with employers. It's been a lot of fun uh, processing all of that. Just say, I mean, along the way, it's extremely rewarding and exciting knowing that we might have something that could be successful, but. Even more so with every success, that means that we're we're helping people. That's really why I got started in the beginning, and it's kind of been evolving to a more effective tool to be able to do that and to have that impact. So,
2: I think we missed the uh, five word question, Owen.
0: Uh, no, we didn't miss it. I just I used what was what he put in his form earlier. So, but I'm curious if if you would use <laughs> the same five word description now. So. Yeah. Describe uh, this as opportunity in five words.
1: Yeah. I would say breaking barriers in the job market, which is okay, six words.
0: That's, that's <laughs> We're
2: liberal close. about that. It's fine. You can do 10 words, it. but 11, no way, but you're good. <laughs>
1: six oh, I um, yeah. I mean, it's it's tough to realize how many barriers there actually are in the job market if you've never actually faced them or had to encounter them in any way. So it's, it's interesting for myself. I mean, when I graduated college, I almost took the first job offer that I received essentially. So it's been a real learning process for me to better understand our users and our audience and what they're going through and how finding them a job might be the most important thing to us, but they have an entire life outside of that that also prevents them from being able to gain employment so that's another thing that we really have to consider if they need to first find housing or food security or digital literacy there are a lot of individuals who aren't necessarily ready to create a video resume and a profile on their own especially um. So that's why it's really critical as well to make those relationships with the nonprofits who can provide those other services, but even more so just hold individuals accountable and support them to make sure that they are sort of able to be successful. We're not just kind of providing this tool and expecting them to kind of run with it that's awesome you're trying
2: to provide a greater ecosystem for which they can work within and that that's a fantastic thing i just just you talking about it, it just reminded me of some experiences i've had where uh, i used to help with the homeless in portland and they just talking to them sometimes it's just like wow how do you you got to be grateful for where you are because it's like when you don't have things especially basic needs yeah
1: absolutely, absolutely. yeah and I mentioned those two big barriers being representation and how you're perceived by employers and then also what your referral network looks like so we first thought it made sense to address the representation piece with the video but then we also realized that creating a network is just as if not more important so we're really trying to create a community around our users so that they can access the resources that they need They can socially just have some sort of tie to people in general who can relate to them and who can identify with their story and hopefully help them be successful, even if it's outside of strictly employment.
2: What does networking look like for somebody that's a typical user of your service and those people that use those nonprofits?
0: Yeah. Do you have any communities or what do you do?
1: So we have functionality for direct messaging and uh, connection requests. We also have affiliations. So if you're employed um, by a nonprofit and you want to kind of communicate that to other users, um, you can have that tag. And then we're also just working behind the scenes on more ways that we can create kind of opportunities for connecting and community. Um, Right now, networking is really just kind of done in person. So we can make those connections through our platform. And then externally, they'll be networking with different programs and being able to connect with the nonprofits who can provide them other services or get them in touch with that community.
0: That's super cool. All right. Well, as we're wrapping up here, what would be... Your highest recommendations for people interested in, in entrepreneurship in this space or anything favorite books, podcasts, websites, all of it. Top choices. <laughs> what impacted you the most? Put it that way.
1: I think what impacted me the most was I know I touched on it before, but that resiliency, like not taking anything too personally. If you put a lot of stake in potential relationships or business opportunities, while you're trying to start a business, you're gonna get discouraged really quickly. You have to have that thick skin and be willing to realize that there are infinite opportunities out there. You just have to be willing to continue to put in the work. I think that's really most important. And always being open to people who have done it already and their suggestions, and their advice. Never be too good for that, I'd say. I think that was probably the most important piece for me, being that I've never started a business before, just knowing that I don't know it all. So yeah, being open to advice, and realizing that one failed opportunity is not the end of the world.
2: You mentioned that your father and your brother are both in the construction business and started their own businesses that way. Did you take any heed from what they've said or done, or anything you've witnessed, or things like that?
1: No, no heat necessarily. Um, they've been pretty supportive. My dad uh, is blindly supportive, I guess. He, oh, I, I didn't mean, not- I didn't
2: mean heat, but like, like, did they, did you offer? They offer any lessons or anything like that that you took took to heart and and used. <laughs>
1: Um, they, I mean, in the same vein, have a lot of faith in me and confidence. So I think they just trust that myself and my team will be successful. They're not very tech savvy, so they're kind of just trusting that whatever we're doing does have a purpose and has value. And on the surface, they can kind of understand it, but, um, it is a little different, I guess, within the construction world and having a a startup within tech. But they're both also very strong-willed. And if they lose a bid or anything like that, I can see that it it doesn't really bother them that much. So it definitely helps.
2: There are no books or podcasts that you've read or anything like that in that nature, or is it you just you're just taking this day by day, just learn the experience, teaching people what you know and learning from the people that are around you? Is that the kind of experience you're having?
1: Yeah, definitely one-on-one conversations with Mentors. I've done a couple accelerator programs that have been really great. Philly startup leaders was one. I did a seed spot bootcamp. um, That was really great. So within that, they all have a whole network and ecosystem of mentors. So I've definitely tried to learn as much as I can from them. And then pretty much every time someone recommends me a book, I'll read it. A couple that stand out. uh, The mom test was really great. essentially learning about your just interviewing customers and your potential market uh that was extremely insightful for me also um crossing the chasm i think was another good book i'm just about starting tech cool and i'm also looking at um extreme ownership as well yeah pretty interesting a lot of war stories uh which keeps it a little exciting but there also is a really strong underlying message about just understanding that you shouldn't be placing the blame anywhere else other than yourself. <laughs> um, so I think as an entrepreneur, that's that's a pretty big takeaway.
2: Yeah, that's a fantastic takeaway. I've worked in many different sized businesses, startup and large corporations, and you can definitely tell where success really blossoms. And that's with people who do take full responsibility for everything they're doing. Sometimes though, however, they encounter just people who won't get out of their way. <laughs> You know, and that's, and that's where entrepreneurship comes from, right? Like tired of the corporate world, it's time to move on. And, and I've got the idea and the company I'm working for is holding me back. So let's just move on to the entrepreneurship where you can be responsible.
1: Right. And I found that to happen often in the corporate world, going down the chain of command and people trying to deflect responsibilities and blame and things. And that gets really tiring, especially within a a really big corporation. A lot of red tape and bureaucracy and things and not a whole lot of ownership and responsibility. So that's been really refreshing, working with other entrepreneurs and people who are willing to put in the extra time and effort.
0: Awesome. All right, so we're wrapping up here. Uh, Michael, where can everybody learn more about this opportunity? Where can they get in touch with you? Where can our listeners find you?
1: Well, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Michael Costantini. We're also uh, on social media under This Is Opportunity, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can reach us there. Yeah, I'm more than happy to talk to anyone as well. I don't know if, Owen, you can attach my email um, to anything that goes out. Yeah, always open to networking and meeting anyone who might be interested in our our mission.
0: Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you, Michael, for coming on today to talk about This Is Opportunity. Best of luck on the journey, and we'll catch up with you in the the future to see how things are going thanks to all of our listeners as always for joining us in the forge feel free to reach out join in on the conversation or get on the short list to sit in front of the mic yourselves you can find all the relevant links and, and info in the show notes and until next time keep up the hard work we'll see ya